2: You're listening to a pawn for the review, presented by Coors Light, on the official Raiders podcast network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. I'll start uh, by um, obviously sending our thoughts and prayers uh, to Demar Hamlin, his family, um, the entire Buffalo Bills organization. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, um, the entire NFL community, all the players uh, that go out there and um, play the game that we love every week. Um, obviously, Monday night was a scary uh, situation, and um, you know I think there's a there's you know a lot of um, feeling and sentiment you can tell in our building, and I'm sure around the league. Um, uh, just concerned for um, you know his his well-being and as it should be and so um, I thought that Sean and Zach did a great job um, you know of of handling the situation as um, you know obviously as well as they could the other night and um, you know we'll continue to be thinking about them and hoping for uh, good news obviously as we as we go through the week
0: Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal back in the Beat Lab, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review, brought to you by the good people of Coors Light. Uh, and you heard it right off the top there. Josh McDaniels, head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, with his statement earlier this week uh, regarding the situation, the scary situation regarding the Buffalo Bills player, Demar Hamlin, and I think just off the top, look, we're doing a show, right? We feel good about today's show. It's an exciting one. We're going to talk to Daniel Carlson in a little bit. We're going to talk about what happened last week against the Niners. We're going to break down how the Raiders are going to finish this season, this upcoming Saturday at Legion Stadium. We're going to talk about all that, right? But I think it's just important you know, off the top to just acknowledge that it's all kind of silly, right? In the grand scheme of things, it's all kind of silly. Yeah, Jared him through for a gazillion yards. Yes, the Raiders have a chance to play spoiler on Saturday. Yeah, all that stuff's great, right? It is. It's fun and it's exciting. It makes my life a lot easier. It's the reason why all of us are employed, and it's the reason why you guys tune in and you listen and you watch, and, and we love every single one of you for doing that and being part of this journey with us. But in the grand scheme of things, there's, way, there's things that are so much more important, the health and safety of, of everyone, but especially at this moment right now, DeMar Hamlin, is that, that's the priority. That's what is the most important thing for everyone in the NFL family, ranging from clubs to the league to the television partners, everything like that. It's important to just note that we are all pulling. We are all uh, swimming in the same direction of of understanding priorities in life. And, And I think it was just important off the top to acknowledge that and, and to, to kind of kick things off with Josh McDaniel's statement about everything that happened on Monday night. Uh, and just to follow that up before we really dive into everything that we got rocking today, I'm just going to read the statement that, that owner Mark Davis put out earlier this week. Quote, our Raider family and the entire Raider nation extend our prayers and support to DeMar Hamlin and his family following last night's devastating tragedy. This moment has unified fans from each and every corner of the globe as we send our love and support to DeMar. Our alumni, coaches, players, and staff support you, DeMar. Raider Nation stands with you, your family, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, and all those affected during this difficult time, end quote. And that's a statement put out earlier this week on Tuesday by Raiders owner Mark Davis. And, and like I said, it puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? Puts 6-10 and 10 into perspective, puts a disappointing season, a disappointing loss into perspective, It just, it lets you know what's really important. And I think that, you know, as we all have kind of in some way, shape or form navigated the past, you know, four or five days since Monday night, it really has, it's been awesome to see people just come together for the right reasons. Uh, You obviously look at the charitable donations that have been made to DeMar Hamlin's charity over the past 72, 96 hours. And it has been incredible to see people coming together, whether it's five bucks here, 10 bucks there, Uh, obviously some, some more sizable donations from notable figures around the league, including some in this building. But I think it's, it's really, you know, it shows you the best of humanity of, of people that are, are average Joes like you and I, kicking ten bucks here, fifteen bucks, twenty if you can if you can swing it, and honoring this kid and, and helping him fight. And you know, I just as we we started recording this, and we're recording this on a Thursday morning, just an hour or two ago, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network tweeted out that Demar Hamlin opened his eyes last night and is responsive. Truly incredible. One thing that's very clear from speaking to those close to him, they're endlessly appreciative to the medical care given to Hamlin on the field immediately, then over the next 72 hours. Or the last 72 hours so like I said putting things in perspective it's important Uh, I think that all of us could use a little a little dose of that especially in moments like this and yeah we're going to keep on we're going to do a show we're going to do the best show that we can this week but like I said just off the top incredibly important for us to just you know once again remind everyone that yes the Raiders are going to wrap up the regular season this Saturday at Allegiant Stadium against the Kansas City Chiefs Uh, an incredibly exciting intriguing offseason ahead but as we sit here today Things much more important than that, but all the same, we transition into the show now and we begin like we typically do with our transactions. Brought to you by Shift4 Payments, uh, and only a few transactions this week for the Silver and Black on New Year's on 1231. So the last transaction of 2022, the Las Vegas Raiders signed cornerback, excuse me, quarterback Chase Garbers to the active roster and activated tackle Sebastian Gutierrez and cornerback Ike Brown from the practice squad. Then just a few days later, the first transaction of 2023 on January 2nd. Tackle Sebastian Gutierrez and cornerback Ike Brown reverted to the practice squad. So that is where we are in terms of the business of the Raiders roster as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season. And look, we're going to keep on trucking. The roster is, and I talk about this all the time, is a living, breathing beast. And it never, ever, ever seems to stop that will not be the case, or excuse me, that will be the case for the Raiders this season as we finish up the regular season this coming Saturday, as I said, at Allegiant Stadium against the dreaded Kansas City Chiefs, which brings us into our first headline. And before we look ahead to the Chiefs, I feel like it's important to at least go back to Sunday afternoon at Allegiant Stadium, where the Las Vegas Raiders took on the San Francisco 49ers, ultimately losing that game 37-34. But man, what an exciting game it was. Jarrett Stidham in his first career start went, uh, went crazy, to be honest with you. Went nuts. Goes 23 of 34 for 365 yards. Yes, again, I will read that. 365 yards, three touchdowns, and a pair of interceptions. And unfortunately, the Raiders felt just a little too not good enough against the San Francisco 49ers. And that's a good team, man. That is a really good football team. But I think for us, when we look back at, at Sunday against the Niners, the big thing that we, we kind of take away is that it felt like that's what the offense could have and should have been in 2022, and there's a lot of reasons for that, right? And and I, you know, as great as Jared Stidham played, and he deserves every single piece of praise that he's received this week, and will continue to do so. It's not just Jared, right? Offensive line, yes, I know Stidham was under pressure for a lot, a lot of that game, especially in the second half. But the offensive line holds up right? Not a single sack surrendered against the number one defense in the NFL. They do their job. Devontae Adams shows you once again for the gazillion time that he is an otherworldly human being. He does not exist the same way that you and I, I do. We, he does not breathe the same air. He does not sweat the same sweat. He is a freak in the best possible world. A handful of just Amazing, I don't even know is, is the proper adjective to describe them, but Devontae just doing Devontae things. Josh Jacobs with an incredibly efficient afternoon. The numbers are not going to blow you away, but you heard from Nick Bosa after the game. And Nick Bosa said, look, he is the best running back that I've played against this year, hands down. And if the guy on the, you know, if essentially the lead dog on the number one defense in the NFL is saying like, yo, this guy is a different kind of legit He's a different kind of legit. So I really think when we look at the offense in total, we look at, at Darren Waller contributing, Darren Waller with a touchdown, Hunter Renfro with a few really crucial receptions and, and ultimately drawing a penalty as well at a big moment. That's what the offense could have been. And I think when we look back at 2022, it's going to be a year of coulda, woulda, shoulda. Right. And I think the Niners excuse me, the Raiders are, are like a lot of teams in that sense where you're, they're gonna, you know, pack things up on Saturday. They're gonna finish the year against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're gonna have Josh McDaniels will give his final press conference of the year on Sunday. We'll hear from the players again on Monday, and then we'll shift really fully, really completely into offseason mode. And part of off season mode is reflecting on the year that just occurred, right? And so I think that we will look back, we'll dissect the games, we'll see what worked, we'll see what didn't work. But I think really that theme is gonna be this is a team. That was too good, too talented to win either six or hopefully seven games. The team was too talented to miss out on the postseason. Unfortunately, that is the end result for your 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. Their season will end on Saturday. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. The postseason is not in the cards this year. But I think when we reflect, we will see moments of what it could have been. We will see halves of what it could have been. We will see series of how it looked. We will see games of how explosive this offense looked how opportunistic this defense was, but unfortunately, it just wasn't consistent in 2022. And that's the big difference between teams that finished the season in early January, as opposed to teams that hopefully are continuing and playing on into February. Consistency. Every team in the NFL is talented, right? Every single player in the NFL is talented. You're talking about the the best one one uh, percent of the one percent in terms of athlete, in terms of football player, in terms of mind, in the NFL. Everyone's good, right? I know that sometimes his fans will be, oh, this guy's terrible. He's trash. He's garbage, blah, blah, blah. He's not. You all know that. But like I said, the big difference between talent and winning football games is that consistency. And the Raiders just unfortunately weren't able to do it consistently in 2022. And I think that's going to be the big challenge for this team going into next year. I think that's going to be the big challenge for Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels is finding players that can do it at a high level consistently, week in and week out, through the offseason program, through training camp, through the preseason, and ultimately through the marathon that is the regular season. Can they do it consistently? And we will have to wait and find out. Real quick, before we get into our conversation with the cash money man himself, Daniel Carlson, a bit of positive news in the world of the silver and black. Last night the Pro Football Hall of Fame selected their 15 modern era finalists for the class of 2023 and there is a little of silver and black flavor on there as Albert Lewis has been announced as one of the 15 finalists, one of the 15 modern era finalists, I should clarify. Lewis played 16 seasons in the NFL, 11 for the Kansas City Chiefs and the final five for the Los Angeles slash Oakland Raiders. He appeared in 75 games in silver in black Uh, and he totaled up 242 solo tackles four interceptions and eight sacks mr lewis was a four-time pro bowler two-time first team all pro as well he had one pick six as a raider and then in 1998 he had the recognition of being the oldest player 38 years old 26 days to score a defensive touchdown in NFL history. Additionally, this was Albert Lewis's first time making it to the finalist stage of the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, process, if you will. Uh, And it was his final year of eligibility as a modern era candidate. So just a a friendly reminder of kind of how the next steps in this process go the hall of fame selection committee will meet and they will select up to five modern era players that will make up the class of 2023 and that will be announced at nfl honors on february 9th so in just a little over a month and man Stacked class this year. Whoever the five guys are that end up going into this year's class, a stacked class. Andre Johnson uh, up again. Patrick Willis. A lot of a lot of names that, especially if you're kind of in, in my age, my generation, you rec- recognize a lot of those folks. So we're gonna throw all our weight behind Albert Lewis. Come on, Albert, bring it home. We want another member of the Silver and Black enshrined in Cam this upcoming. what well, I guess technically would be this summer. But come on, baby, bring it home. And we're really hopeful. And like I said, pulling for him and his family to get in to the Bro football hall of fame another guy and i don't want to get too ahead of myself but another guy who has had a fantastic start to his career keyword start because he's got a lot of football left in him is our guy daniel carlson the cash money man himself the coldest man in all of the Valley, and it was just so good to talk to our guy this week, man. Every time that we get to bring the Cash Money Man into the mix, it is just such a pleasure, such a treat. I love every single second of it, and Carlson's good, man. He's a, you know, like I said, I, I make no secret about my, my affection for our trio of specialists, him, Transig, and, uh, and A.J. Cole, and it was just good to catch up with our guy. I hope you enjoy our conversation. He is, per usual, just a delight. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Daniel Carlson. Daniel, first off, life is good. How are you, my friend? I feel like even though I talk to you pretty regularly, it feels like it's never enough.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, hey, especially in season, you know, things Mm -hmm. are flying. Uh, It's one week to the next, um, one day to the next, pretty quickly, you know. But it's good to hang out here. For I know we're limited on time. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're rocking today, baby. Hey, we are rolling, and uh, it's it's awesome to hang out with you. I was
0: I was looking at your numbers earlier today because. I do such things, I and I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Man, it feels like last year all you did was kick fifty-plus yard field goals. Like it felt like once a week, twice a week, you're crushing from fifty. And then I look at it today, and in actuality, you connected on more fifty-plus field goals this year yeah. than you did a year ago." As he says, with just a, a casual, <laughs> it's non, a year, yeah. "It has been a busy year." I it has been a busy year, but yeah. like it, it is exciting. wild to think of just how productive you've been from deep distance in 2022.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think those are those are important field goals, obviously because. Uh, not only, hey, three points is always important, but the field position battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you miss a kick from, say, it's 55 yards, all of a sudden they get the ball on the 45-yard line, you know, short the far 45-yard yeah. line. But still, I mean, versus missing, you know, hopefully I never miss a 20-yard field goal. Anytime soon. But if you miss it there, they're only getting the ball in 30 yards. Yeah, the risk-reward so is a little bit exactly. different. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, glad I'm able to help the team in that way. And, you know, everybody else is—all the other 10 guys have been doing a great job to set me up there.
0: You know, you go you go back to, what was it, uh, Sunday, 57-yarder. That place is rocking. Yeah. And the one thing, I think the most impressive thing for me about that field goal in particular, very understated celebration. <laughs> they didn't have a big one. I mean, uh, if, we, if we go back, we're having fun. if we go back to last year, though, I mean, we see some of those big game winners, the big dog kicks, and we're flexing. We're yeah, doing this, yeah. but now it's just become. I don't want to say it's become commonplace, but I mean, now it just seems like more. All know, right, yeah. on to the next.
1: I don't know if that's it. So this has kind of been the year of the headbutts. Okay, um, and that's kind of it's really taken off with the offensive linemen. Um Trent Sig, I think headed it up. He's you know he loves just banging heads after. And so this is I, I think that I kind of had a step over a guy mm. and uh, some people are saying it was disrespectful. I'm in no harm. But stepped over him, and then I think it was just smiles and headbutts, um, and that's kind of been the celebration this year.
0: Good guy Daniel Carlson, just clarifying. Listen, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know that I had just a beast, monster, <laughs> robo-leg field goal, but I, I mean no, disrespect, no by, disrespect by any of it. No. Um, I was thinking about it today, too, where it, I think what's so impressive about the, the year for the trio of C Carlson uh, and Cole is that it was a year of a lot of change for you guys too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a new coordinator and the nature of the beast, there's other, you know, obviously gonna be new guys on the protection yeah. and things like that. But to be as consistent as the three of you guys have been as a collective this year, considering the new coordinator, considering mm-hmm. the new coaching and all that yeah. stuff, I imagine it's gotta be pretty, you know, individually, you know, impactful for you guys to be able to say, hey you know it it's a bunch of new faces, but we're still just
1: out here doing yeah. our thing and I, I mean I think it speaks to a j and Trent as well, you know, just hey, our goals are still the same as specialists, we're kind of that mercenary out there that like hey we're we're football players, but we our job does look a little different, and we're we're only out there on fourth downs, and when we are you know we we want to do our job uh you know and selfishly hey, take care of our business so that it helps the team. But it does look a little different than some of the rest of the team. So I think, you know, there hasn't maybe been as many changes uh, on our, you know, day-to-day schedule. We're still kicking, putting, snapping. But I think we've we've done a good job, you know, continuing to build off of years past uh, and just get better and better. Hopefully,
0: do you, I guess, as a trio, come into a season now with any type of of statistical benchmark that you want to hit? I I mean, I know that so much of kicking and punting is based in the numbers and based in comparing X to X and Y to Y. Do you guys come in with any goals, or you just kind of let it?
1: Yeah, we we kind of do. I mean, as a team and Mm -hmm. collectively, you know, with our coaches as well. But you know, obviously, the highest standard I think is with ourselves, and we want to, you know, have. Personal goals and you know statistics that I'll write out different goals throughout the beginning of the year in camp mainly, and then I won't look at them until after the season. Mm. You know, I kind of know in the back of my mind where I'm at, but I won't check stats. And you know, every once in a while, hear something or you know through interviews, whatever it may be. So it's okay. Don't look at me, man. Don't look at me. (laughs) Suspicious about it or anything. But you know, I, I do know in the back of my mind, like here's where I wanted to end up on these kicks, here's what I wanted to do on my kickoffs. Here, you know, and, and I know AJ and Trent have similar goals as well.
0: You know, I know we're up against it time-wise today, but I did want to, before we get you out of here, ask you just to uh, to share a little about your guy, to brag about AJ, up for the Walter Payton man yeah. of the year. Um, you know, a huge award, obviously, in this building, uh, across the league, and, and I think, obviously, we look at what you guys do, mm-hmm. the three of you guys, so much on the field, and, and the numbers are insane, yeah. and we've been so fortunate to watch you guys do what you do, but there's also a very real secondary part of this where yeah. AJ is absolutely dominating
1: off the field, too. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think everybody in this building knows mm-hmm. who AJ Cole is. And, you know, he's he's got such a big heart. I think everybody in the building has probably had a funny, interesting conversation with him. But he's just such a genuine guy. Um, and so it's awesome that he's being recognized as that. And also, you know, all the work he's doing off the field with uh, Special Olympics stuff like that as well. Um, but you know, hopefully, more and more people get to know a little bit about AJ Cole um, because we get to enjoy him every day, which is a, which is always a treat.
0: And a shameless plug uh, to give AJ some votes. Head on the hashtag is hashtag WM. Excuse me, WPMOY Challenge. Uh, and his Twitter handle is at AJ Cole ninety. We still have about a week to vote, uh, so let's pump those votes. Let's get right. AJ some run. Uh, and then because if if we do that, that'll help him win. Uh, or be in the running to get an extra $25,000 for Special Olympics Nevada, which, candidly, whatever you and I talk about and whatever happens on Saturday and Sunday, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, And last one, before we let you go, man, I was thinking that it has to be so nice for you, and I imagine there's some sort of group chat of the kickers and specialists around the NFL that you get to say, hey, for the last couple weeks uh, of the 2022 season when it was cold and windy and blustery outside, I get to kick in beautiful Legion Stadium. Yes. Don't have to worry about the elements, and I imagine your counterparts in places like Green Bay or Denver, Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, got to be a little bit jealous right now. Yes, I mean uh, hopping off that flight from Pittsburgh after being, you know, frozen. Yeah. you know, kind of thawing out on the flight home, and uh, it's it's nice to be in Vegas uh, this time of year sometimes. And you know, we always welcome guys in as they come in from San Francisco, and we're like, hey. Glad you're playing here instead of Green Bay, right? You know, and so uh, we, we love not having to battle of the elephants. at yes. Legion Stadium.
0: And we do, too. Well, hey, it was so good to see you again. I know we'll talk to you in the offseason. You and AJ and Trent, always welcome in the studio. Uh, I know we will catch up soon. So continued success. We will see you on Saturday. You. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon, all right, brother? Awesome. Appreciate it, Eddie. And a huge thank you to our guy, Daniel, for swinging by the studio. Just like I said, always a delight to talk to our guy. And I will say, you know, I don't want to be this this guy. Should be in the Pro Bowl. It's a shame he's not. Look at the numbers whenever you have a free second. Just dissect them. See what you think. But our man should be in the Pro Bowl. And if it doesn't happen this year, I I know it is going to happen very soon because he is one of the best, if not the best, kicker in the NFL right now. And we are very, very lucky to have him wearing silver and black. So we continue on. And for the last time this year, man, it, it bums me out that we can only do this once more. But we will finish on a strong note. The Raiders getting ready to take on the Kansas City Chiefs coming up this Saturday. Yes, this Saturday, 1.30 kickoff will be on ESPN. But the Raiders will win that game if. What do we got to do? What do we got to do to win that game? And after much contemplation, I have landed on this. The Raiders will win this weekend if they can keep Travis Kelsey out of the end zone. And I don't want to go back to the darkness that was week five. I don't want to do it. But we all remember Mr. Kelsey went to the end zone not once, not twice, not even three times. Four touchdowns at Arrowhead Stadium against your Las Vegas Raiders. And usually I would say, hey, can the Raiders contain Travis Kelsey? Just contain him. Keep him, in, keep him at bay. But, I mean, if you look at the numbers from what Kelsey did during the Week 5 game, he had 25 receiving yards. 25. 25 receiving yards and four touchdowns. It's unbelievable. His longest reception of the day was eight yards. This man did not have a 10-yard reception, and he absolutely feasted against the Raiders' defense. So my Raiders will win if is not contain Kelsey. It's keep him out of the end zone. Keep him away. Keep him as far away as possible from the end zone. Because he is, man, we talk about Hall of Fame. That's who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And it is going to be a very, very short discussion. He has been an incredible tight end. For a very long time, he is only, I mean, it it sounds crazy, but it feels like he's only getting better and more efficient with age. He's an absolute machine, and the Raiders are going to have to find a way to limit him this Saturday with the Chiefs playing for potentially the number one seed in the AFC. They got a lot to play for. The Raiders want to play spoiler. It is a rivalry game at Allegiant Stadium. It is going to be electric. We cannot wait, but keep Kelsey at the end zone. Please, 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 I beg of you. Keep him out of the end zone. Uh, before we get out of here, though, we are going to crack an ice-cold bruchacho. And even though our Raiders will win if segment is going away, we're going to keep cracking cold ones all through the off season. And this one, a very straightforward cracking cold one this week. We're cracking a cold one to all the first responders that were involved in the DeMar Hamlin situation that candidly saved this guy's life, that brought him back, that gave him a fighting chance to continue to lead a normal life. So to all the first responders that were out there in Cincinnati on Monday night, this one is for you. It is the the smallest token of appreciation that we can give because those are the guys and gals that are just the true heroes in this whole situation that gave this guy a chance to go out. And like I said, just keep fighting and, and giving him a chance to go out. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we're keeping our, our thoughts and prayers that this guy will end up being able to live uh, a normal life. So this one is the first responders that helped out Damar Hamlin, everyone along the way from, from the stadium workers to the folks at the hospital, every single person involved in, 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 the, in the treatment and the, the safety and, and the health prognosis I know I'm, I'm not describing that perfectly uh, of Damar Hamlin though this one is for this one is for them so uh, like I said I think we we got through the show. Obviously, a lot more important things at play. One more scheduling note, though, as we uh, we dive into our final home game of the year, our final regular season game of the year. Uh, It'll be me and Fitz wrapping up the fifth quarter strong. We'll be back here in the studio. Fitz will be joining us remotely, but we are going to finish the season with the vigor and the passion and the energy that we have hopefully tried to bring you guys all season, so we will do that. And then I know that we... I kind of give this disclaimer, though, every year as we come to the end of the regular season. Upon further reviews, not going anywhere, guys. You are stuck with us. You will see us once a week throughout the offseason, and at times, maybe twice. Who knows? The uh, The programming gods are, they are always with us, and they are always changing, and we are always committed to bringing you guys the best Raiders content that we possibly can. So we will see you guys next week. Today is Thursday. Yep, we will see you guys next Thursday for our usual episode. So in the meantime, uh, a big thank you to our guest this week, Daniel carlson big shout out to ray and everyone else in the control room rocking and rolling uh and from everyone else excuse me everyone here at silver and black productions thank you for riding with us through this regular season it has been a crazy regular season it has been a lot of things but it has never once been boring and we appreciate each and every one of you for going on the adventure with us so uh good luck on saturday to all of you that are attending the game good luck to the silver and black and we will see you guys next week as we shift into offseason mode with upon further review